Welcome to the True Crime TV Podcast, where our hosts cover a variety of these shows, sometimes just one episode, sometimes the whole season. Join us as we get to the bottom of the case together. She just can't help. For all I've done for her, Leah Askey could give a squirt of a piss. She just put me on the stand. We'd have won that retrial and Russ's ass would still be locked up. Now, the whole world is going to bug me. Because Keith and Kathy were making another dateline about it. Smearing me all over again. You know she wouldn't have a job if it weren't for me. I'm the best thing that's ever happened to Dateline. This is Steph. This is Sheila. This is Colleen. Welcome back to Pod Clubhouse's coverage of The Thing About Pam. This is episode five we're discussing today. The title is She's Not Who You Think She Is. Dun, dun, dun. Yo. All I got to say, like, write, you know, how you write in your notes, like, W2F, like, this shit is bananas. Yeah. To quote Gwen Stefani. <laughs> So what the hell? And we only have one episode left. Well, that's what my initial thought was. I'm like, when I got to the end of this, I'm like, well, shit. Like, there's only 60 more minutes for like yeah. this this weird ass story that is more bananas than I remember it being. Because also, like Colleen and I, when we listened to this, like that stopped in 2019. So I'm sure that there's more that's happened because you know she's right? just a shit oh. show. She's yeah. just a shit show. And like this one, like I, like the train is off the rails here, people. Off the rails. Yeah, like it was so jam-packed. And then again, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's only one more hour left. Right. Like this so much crazy. happened in this episode. And then I'm still like, but I have so many questions. I have know. So many questions. I apologize up front for how I sound. I have been down and out in Beverly Hills with the worst <laughs> respiratory infection. Not COVID. I am still part of the Cool Kids Club. I have not yeah. caught that shit. <laughs> I am playing a worldwide game of hide and seek, and I am still ahead. Knock on wood that that continues. I, I did do a COVID test, and it's just it's just your run-of-the-mill respiratory infection. Nice. That sounds but so I, fun, Sheila. But I sound like a man. No offense to the men in my life, but it's just not a cute look on me. <laughs> I mean, to me, you sound. I mean, it could good. be sexy, Sheila. Uh, yeah, but if, if I go silent for a while, it would be because I'm muting myself <laughs> to cough and have to die. Gotcha. So, okay, do what you gotta cool. do. Okay, so yeah, so the thoughts in the episode were that this was just <laughs> Steph. You called and... it right. The shit is bananas. So yeah, we got our explicit rating like in minute one. We're good. Yeah, right. We're good. <laughs> Let's feel, just go for it. Feel free to drop those bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I well, to ask you guys. Okay, go ahead, Steph. Go ahead. My takeaway that I texted you guys was like, she is so scary. Like, she's way scarier than I thought. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, like, this episode for me was about her crazy eyes and her freaking bullying <laughs> behavior. Mm-hmm. She's evil. She is evil. And, like, I just feel like she's running out of room and she's, like, backing into a corner. And, yeah. like, that's where the crazy's coming from. Like, that's her wiggle true. room is, like, evaporating. Like, she's got nowhere left to hide. And, like, everybody's turning the screws on her. And I feel like oh that God. really came to the forefront in this episode. Definitely. I also liked how this episode focused on Mariah and her growth. Mm -hmm. um, even though it was kind of an afterthought. Like, uh, this was definitely about Pam. And, you know, we've talked about in the last four episodes. It's like, so much happened. And Pam was always kind of the last thing we talked about. And this one, same. But I just like how when I thought about it after I watched it and I was like, what was this episode about? And I really liked Mariah's growth. I mean, I did not like to see her struggle with drinking mm -hmm. and, and the depression that she's feeling. But just sort of where she ended up, I feel hopeful for her. 
I think the screenwriters have done a really nice job of making you really care and root for Mariah and just really get invested in those two girls and what they're doing. And I thought they did a really nice job with that. I agree. So we have another trial. This is our third episode with a trial in it. Is it the third Jeez. episode with a trial? Yes, yes, because we had the initial trial, Russia's retrial, and now this the civil insurance yes. trial. Oh, dear God, this trial. Oh, God. <sighs> I just have to let on a side because I was just so exasperated for... The girls. For the girls. For Pam's lawyer. I felt so bad for Pam's <laughs> lawyer. I know you're not supposed <laughs> to feel bad for Pam's lawyer, but I did. I mean, I don't know that actor's name... And I feel bad not knowing that actor's name. But again, we don't really get credits when we watch these screeners. But his facial expressions, I just felt his pain. And I I could see his inner monologue going like, I did not go to law school to entertain this. To deal with this. nonsense. (laughs) Like I've said before, that this makes me very nervous to be accused of a crime or (laughs) put up against someone like Pam Hub. This is really just sad and terrifying that like she could continue to win to win trials like this, especially based on her testimony on the stand. Like what? Literally insane. I had a a biology teacher in sophomore year of high school. I went to Catholic high school, so this was very risque what she had. She had a sign in her office that says, I love Jesus, but I drink a little. I feel like that's what that koozie. I mean, my my biology teacher was from Texas. I went to school in New York. So she was definitely like a transplant. Like it's springtime now and she would tell us that the trees are having sex outside. So her having that kind of a sign made sense. Um, Yeah, she was was hilarious. R.I.P. Mrs. Shermer. I loved her. But I feel like that's what Pam said here is like the same thing. Like I love Jesus, but I drink a little. Like, well, I lie a little bit when people bug me and bug me and bug me. That whole that whole sequence was really great. I loved all the, the screen fi- grabs the of 15, her face. Yes. The 15 snippets of her different <laughs> moods of Pam. Well, and I liked that it kept pushing her face small. Like, uh-huh. it added to that things closing in on her feel that you were talking about, Sheila. Yeah. Because, you know, it was first it was just one picture. Then it was two pictures. And it was like, and it, it was just felt bunch. like more. That's a good yeah, point. It, it felt like things were circling around her. That's a good representation of that. You're right. Unfortunately, she got to keep the money, at least in the short term, because <laughs> yeah. the judge, she, they weren't able to prove. Oh, my God. I have so many thoughts about this. So, Steph, I wanted to come back to what you just said. This whole saga, you know, sort of my, my takeaway has been like, this is really about the failure of the justice system. Uh, yeah. Not just oh, in, yeah. not just in Lincoln County, but this happens everywhere. Like yeah. the failure to do due diligence on the criminal investigation from the very first episode to the failure of the judicial system in applying common sense and law to yeah. this trial. I get it. I get it. There's a logical leap in saying that Betsy naming Pam without some sort of stipulation, naming the girls as the true beneficiaries because they were minors. But I mean, if you're on the stand and you say that you lie. Right. I really think that there's a logical leap to say that this woman is not up to all good things all the time. And for the person who's sort of affected by it, not to be allowed to even share their side of the story, like the girls couldn't even get up there and talk about it. Like, that's very frustrating to watch. And as they're the person who's being affected by this, they don't even get a say in it. Like, that's right. Not only is their mother killed, now they've just been swindled out of $150,000. I fully agree about all of the criminal stuff because this whole thing just shows how off the rails the situation can get. But the judge in this case, they have shadowed that there was chicanery going on. I don't know how far I should go into it because, again, you and I listened to it. Mm -hmm. But I thought the letter from Russ, which I don't remember, so that may be just from an invented 
for, for the show. Yeah. Or or it could have been something that happened afterwards. Who knows? Yeah. But that gives us a little bit of a clue that maybe we don't have the whole story about this insurance policy. Oh, that's interesting. And I think the judge was trying to convey that he thought the girls should have the money, but he was only able to rule on hard fact, which right, was like what was presented Pam's, before. Right. Yeah. And Pam's name is on the insurance policy. Right. And then whatever sort of like conversation behind the scenes, you know, please give that to my girls, blah, blah, blah. But if it's not stipulated in writing with a notarized witness, they're kind of left nowhere. I know how infuriating and how expensive it is to sue somebody for money. My dad was involved in like sort of like a, a swindling scam. And we had to bow out because it was like we'd already poured so much money into this. So the feeling that I had for these two daughters is only 5% of what I'm sure that they're feeling because of all of Mm -hmm. the other stuff that's going on on top of it. But to have their verdict taken away like that and then to not have had a say. Yeah, not even be able to get a phone to stand. infuriating. And like the lawyer thought he had it in the bag because of what Pam said. And like everybody was like, the whole court was even convinced. Russ was even like, I'm going to leave because what good is it? I just want to see her lose. And he, everybody thought that it was a slam dunk. Yeah. Than to have Pam skipping outside the courtroom. Golly. I know. <sighs> so slimy. I have to go back. I have to say this. I have a black and white shirt that is similar to what Pam wore on the stand. And I now <laughs> want to throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> I will never wear that again because I do not want to be thought of as huppity. Huppity. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have to confess, after taking the notes that I have for this show for the last three episodes, two episodes, since Joel said that sounds huppity, mm-hmm. huppity now is in my autocorrect and fixes <laughs> hup, hup now goes to huppity, happened and happy now all go replaced to huppity. Happy. So <laughs> clubhouse, we have to talk about how we have, we fix my autocorrect because I cannot yeah. have huppity because <laughs> I'm a happy person. So I type happy a lot. That's funny. (laughs) So even with this trial, so now Russ shows up. So there's like this big look on her face of like promise and hope. And she runs to open the door for Russ. I mean, this seems like an obvious question, but I'm not sure. Did Mariah think that Russ being in court was for them? I think she was maybe hoping. Because there's been no interplay between them since the trial, right? There's like, we've seen nothing. So I was thinking that this was maybe like a way to like bury the hatchet I think she was hoping for that. It makes me sad that that didn't really happen for her. Yeah. That sucks. It really does. And even for him, he was there and like his whole purpose in being there. I actually felt worse for Russ in this situation, believe it or not, because he was like, I'm here to see Pam lose, which is yeah. worse in some ways because he actually went to prison for something he didn't do. Yeah. And then he's there and she wins again. So I, I just felt bad. So it was like, you know, I'm sure his heart was breaking when he saw the girls and, and knowing, you know, what they said about him on the stand and then just bringing back all that bad vibes and juju and stuff like that. But nothing about that scene made me feel good in any way. No. It's almost like when you, you wish you could like hire a hitman just to like, you know, do justice. <laughs> Go all New York mafia style on them. <laughs> Or a mediator to be like, okay, Mariah, you said what you said because you had to rested what he did. Like, just get somebody yeah, who's like omnipotent in a room. Yeah, someone who yeah. broke her, like this intervention kind of thing because both sides are hurt and there's no way to bridge that divide. From each's point of view, with the knowledge that they have, they are right to be hurt. Right. So right. you you can't even say, oh, they should be thinking like for the knowledge that they know because they don't know Pam is so manipulative. They are right to be hurt. And so there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing to bridge that gap. 
except for the audience knows, and then you feel bad. <laughs> All right, I'm going to jump a little bit because it still kind of stems from the trial and the aftermath because it still relates to, to their daughters. Pam going to that restaurant. Like, Troy is ugh. a small town. Thank you for the ugh, because ugh. you know where I'm going with this. Troy is a small town. We've seen and we'll talk about Pam and all the blowback that she's getting. She can't even return a dog collar. Sniff, sniff that, you know, she's meant to feel bad for her. <gasps> Bitch. <laughs> but did Pam go to that restaurant intentionally? Yes. Okay. Of course she okay. did. And calling Gosh. her Mary Ann? I wouldn't even yeah. be surprised. She asked to sit in her section, I'm sure. Like, come Ooh, on. I didn't even think of that. Of course she did. And was that the same day the letter was delivered? Because she had it in her apron. It's a little hard to tell. I think so. I do. I think so because of just like the timeline and she still had it on her. Like if you're, if you get a letter like that, I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's been a long time since I got hate mail. It was like high school. You don't carry that shit around with you. Like you go home, you bury that, you burn it, whatever it is. If you hang on to it because you need to, whatever. But I think, yeah, Steph, I think it was the same day. I think she got it at the beginning of her shift. And then two hours later. But then she calls her Marianne. What the hell is wrong with this lady? Seriously. Seriously, you've got like thousands of pages of court documents that have come your way because this trial has been years in the making. You have Mariah and Lily Day versus Pam Hupp on 12,000 pages of law documents. You don't forget, you know, Mariah's name. You don't. And you don't. No, of course not. And that was I mean, she spent time with them. Yeah, her best friend's daughter. Like, of course she is just doing all of that on purpose. But why? Like, why be that evil? She was being so weird in that whole scene, too, because she, like, ordered food for her and her son and then was, like, not ordering food for her husband. (laughs) So weird. Can we talk about how Mark Hop is an abused husband? He is. I feel like he's scared for his life and he can't say a word. He's like, okay, I know this lady is like killing people. (laughs) And if I go against her, she's going to murder me in my sleep. So he's just sleeping next to her and like letting her run his life. Like, Like, is he really sleeping next to her? I'd be sleeping with one eye open. I don't know what I'm just saying. Like, I'd be sleeping with one eye open. Forget my stupid little um, (laughs) CPAP. My CPAP machine. I'll be sitting there with like, you know, a little little toothpick on my eyelid. That man is scared for his life. She doesn't even feed him. She's like, oh, no, he doesn't want to eat. And he's about to order. She cuts him off. That's what yeah, no, she's so clearly weird. doing it to be to be punitive. And yeah. so it's so just so <sighs> weird. So oh, weird. God. But the letter, like, what end other than what? To satisfy Pam's just, need for revenge? Just being yeah. mean. Just, just being, being mean hateful. and getting back at the people, the long list of people who don't support her. Is that what that's about? Yeah, because Russ got out of prison and then Mariah sued her. So she gets to dig the knife in to two different people. Okay, so I got a question. If Pam is this sociopathic criminal mastermind, I'm giving her a lot of room here to, well, to hang herself, really. Why would she print a letter and not type a letter? The only thing I can think of is maybe the trial with all of the forensic, oh, it came from this this oh, uh, the computer, computer, not that yeah. computer. You know, maybe they maybe that scared her. Okay. I kind of did think to myself, like, wouldn't you recognize your stepdad's handwriting like a little bit? I don't know, maybe not, but yeah. I mean I, I know what my dad's handwriting looks like, my mom, you know. Right. Like so I just kind of thought to know. myself, like, maybe that she would recognize that I don't know. I immediately thought it was a fake letter. I did not think that was yeah. from Russ. Oh, like I just like generic hate mail? 
No, I mean, I don't know that I immediately thought it was Pam, but I immediately thought it was not Russ. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. It makes me sad that Mariah even thought for a second that he would write that. But I mean, the timing of it would make sense if he just saw her in the courthouse. Like, I mean, emotions have been stirred up. Right. right. So like it wouldn't be like outside the realm of possibility for someone who's been so hurt to do that. But I don't I don't think that that's in Russ's character. Despite the, the muff thumping uh, outburst from the last episode, I can't get over that. Like I'm, still I don't laughing. think he said that. <laughs> no, no, but I mean the characterization that we saw was Pam's conversation, recollecting it. But yeah. we, we saw yeah. him mouth the words "muff thumper" to Pam's voice. I just had to work "muff thumper" into this episode somehow. <laughs> yes, so. why, why do we need to say that word, Sheila? Because why? it's hilarious, <laughs> and that also shows up in my autocorrect. Oh um, no! Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, yeah. If I go, if I go as far as muffin, it comes up in the predictive text. Muffin, <laughs> muffin. I said muffin. <laughs> oh gosh! Sorry, don't make me laugh because that's what happens. Then I start to sound like an old man. Oh gosh. Okay, so we were talking about Mark and this poor man. Mark, 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 Mark. Mark. There's so many quotable things from this show. It's only been five episodes, but there's a lot of Mark, things Mark, that are Mark. sticking with me. And I think all of these flashbacks that we've been getting in this episode, but even in the last episode, right, about his, her mom and everything, it really does make you feel pretty sorry for this guy and that, like you said, that he is an abused husband and, like, he just has no say in, like, anything in their life. Yeah, I think they've painted the picture that Pam sort of swooped in and dazzled him when she wanted when she thought he was going to be a pro baseball player and then now that they're married she's just like well fine I'm gonna do whatever I want and he's not able to picture divorce or picture getting away from her so he's just been swept up in her happiness her happiness yeah yeah yeah, I mean, he's just definitely this this quintessential abused personality. He's meek, he's mild, he doesn't confront. And when he does confront, he doesn't look her in the eye. When she was standing in front of them with um, the baseball game on in the background, mm-hmm. he wasn't looking directly at her. He wasn't making eye contact when she was being all, you know, playing the victim. Like she started to do the crocodile yeah. tears and immediately turned on the anger. And then all of a sudden was like, oh, let's flip houses. She's a hard person to keep up with. Like, I do not feel that I would be able to mentally withstand that kind of a situation because you're just constantly walking on eggshells, not knowing what Pam is going to come home today. Are we going to get house flipping Pam? Are we going to get murdery Pam? Murdery (laughs) Pam. Stabby or, Pam. Stabby Pam, right? Or you know, thieving Pam because... Um, Blow-drying money Pam. Okay, okay. all right. Since, we, since we brought it up, can we go back to this 2003 flashback? What in okay. the world is happening here? I did feel a little, you know, when last time we saw Miss Fitzgerald, I think it was her name, I thought, uh-oh, I wonder what's going to happen there. But man, I don't know if I really thought that it would look like she murdered her. <laughs> well, I mean, is- isn't that what we assume happened? Well, that, yeah. that's what they're leading you to believe. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that the setup for this happened way back in like episode two. Yeah. Was it two? When, you know, she's talking about Mrs. Fitzgerald by the pool and yes. and make, bake these cookies. Pam surrounds herself with people who are in a fragile state. Her mother, mm-hmm. Betsy, Mrs. Fitzgerald, right? So Mrs. Fitzgerald yeah. is, is aged. And she 
positions herself, even Minnie, her next door neighbor, her next door neighbor is, is quite a bit older than her. Oh, we got to talk about that later. Yeah, we're going to talk about her too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she positions herself in such a way that she ingratiates herself into the situation, becomes so necessary. And then the natural progression would be to like, you know, reap a financial windfall because you've been so good. No, I think that's 100%. It's like, and she surrounds herself with people that if they do die, sure, it's sad, but what what did they say the 2003 lady had? Asthma or, or some, she seemed to have some sort of condition. Or some respiratory was, problem, yeah. Yeah, so that wasn't cancer, keep, but like. Keep Pam away from me, okay? I got a respiratory thing going on. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but it's she's surrounding herself with people who maybe weren't expected to die right that minute, but if they do, it's not. Like not super questionable. Yeah. Right. It's not going to shine the light back on her. But I, I looked up where Naples is and I looked up where the Everglades are. It's like a two and a half hour drive. Is it? Yeah, it's far. You're so thorough, Sheila. I, I try. <laughs> I try. It's far. It's far. To, I, I mean, mean, two and a half hours. Sure. I'm for... also from the West where things <laughs> are really far apart. <laughs> I mean, Houston is an hour from Houston. So yeah, true. Know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> But it, I mean, it's far. I mean, and the Everglades are huge. To get to the entrance to the national park for the Everglades is two hours and 39 minutes from Naples. But the Everglades is quite big, but it doesn't really yes. look that there are like really a lot of roads that go there. But like the money, I got to talk about the money for a second. Like, I don't know, like if you've ever seen money that's been sat for a while, it goes moldy and gross and black and stuff. I don't understand mm. how the money ended up in the Everglades. Was it? In the ever like in why is it Everglades. wet? I don't understand. Like if the lady died, like she wouldn't be. I I don't know. Like even yeah, if I Pam, was a little confused. Sorry, I take it back. There are alligators in the Everglades. Like right. You know, yeah. I think Andrew Jackson might taste tasty to a uh, an alligator. Yeah. Or how but many she Andrew Jacksons so. were in there? But didn't she have blood on her pink jacket too? When he came in in the 2003 flashback, she was wearing like a pink sweatshirt hoodie, yeah. and it looked like she had blood or something on it. But if the lady like died a natural death, then she why would she have blood on her? Like I was a little confused about. Yeah, I was that. a little confused by that. But I mean, okay, that whole scene. I don't know about you two. I was feeling anxious mm-hmm. because of the frenetic pace at which she was talking and moving, and she was going back and forth between the hair dryer, the closet, the bag, and then like this conversation with. Mar- I was not okay with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the behavior was so paranoid. Yeah. It's a fair, okay, uh, I wasn't sure yeah. if it was just me and I was just well, like... Well, uh, and I think this whole episode was set up to make her menacing. She was very menacing, this whole yes. episode, oh, in absolutely. a way she mm-hmm. hasn't necessarily shown in earlier episodes. Right, and that's like that, you know, what we talked about before, like the tightening of the space around her and she's backing into a corner. But also, she's talking about how Florida's so hot. She has an iron on. She has a hoodie on. <laughs> She got the hairdryer going. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's happening here that, like, she wouldn't be so hot if she was, you know, not running around the room packing a bag with, you know, stacks of rehabbed $100 bills. Mm-hmm. But I have a question. So if Pam was so easy in 2003 to, like, run from the heat, quote unquote, the heat of mm-hmm. the, the actual heat of temperature Florida and the heat of Mrs. Fitzgerald, Florida, she was able to, like, you know, dissociate herself from the heat that she was feeling in Florida. But now she's got so much worse going on in Troy in 2016. And we see this with Zumba class, with the yeah. trying to return the dog collar, the general edginess that she's feeling. 
the outright vitriol from Leah. But yeah. she's like, I don't want to leave. We're, we're not leaving. Like, this is our home. We have a business here. What's the difference between Florida know. and Troy? You would think she'd be out of there. Yeah. Because even Definitely. Mark and Travis are being affected. Yeah. And, you know, she doesn't have any regard for them, but it's, it's all about her. And I, I hated when she started, like, doing that, you know, the crocodile tears, but, like, it's going to make me want to cry. It was a vain attempt at sympathy, and it's it just, you just can't feel sympathy for this person. You just cannot. No. What do you think her motivation is in staying now? Maybe she thinks she has, she had Leah Askey, like, in her corner. But for why? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like if, you know, you got away with Betsy's murder, you got Mariah and Lily's money. You won, so yeah. run. You won, so run. Yeah, it does seem like <laughs> skipping town would be the prudent thing to do. Yeah. Like skipping out of the courthouse and skipping town would just be like, just keep skipping. Just keep skipping. <laughs> just keep skipping. Like, just keep swimming. Just keep skipping. Yeah. Um, sorry. I have no idea why there. she wants to stay. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's why I was just like, um... You didn't dig in your heels when Florida was so easy to leave. And also, like, that was the other thing that made me feel really bad for Mark is that you see the beginnings of this abuse there when she was like, yeah. oh, you moved here for your baseball career. And just his face, like, he, he was standing up. And if you just see his shoulders, his shoulders just, like, slunk down just a few inches. And I just felt so bad for him. But I'm like, but you know what? You also selected this and you could have run away a lot sooner. I do feel sympathy for him. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, yeah, but this is the bed you made. But I don't think he did select it. I think she selected him. <laughs> and he was yeah, maybe exactly. not kind of bright enough to know what was going on. And maybe his window to leave diminished. Yeah. I mean, but he's yeah. got a kid with her. They've got a business. And again, like back to the courthouse scene. I'm sorry I'm jumping around a bit, but like it's spurring all these questions. He was smart. Like So when they're having this conversation in front of the TV and he's like, well, maybe we should save the money and not do that flip because in case you lose this trial. And that's when she's flipped again. Like this, this yeah, the medicine Pam came back and she's like, lose. But he's like the only practical one here. I mean, she's off in her mm -hmm. sociopathic rant. But outside the courthouse, she's talking about how, you know, we'll get one of those SUVs and we'll we'll get carpeting. And he was just like, with what money? Because remember, she only had one stack of hundreds left of the Betsy yeah. insurance money, quote unquote. So my question is, what happened to all her money? Because you can't be flipping houses and still not have anything in the bank. I keep asking this question. At the same time, does Pam really know where she has all her money socked away? Yeah. Ooh, probably Ooh. not. Yeah. She's sewing it into a blanket. Like, she's giving new weight, new meaning to the word weighted blanket. I thought she was putting blanket. that in her white puffy jacket. That oh, she I thought it was a blanket. No, I thought it was the puffy jacket, oh, too. Oh, okay. No, I was like, oh, that's like... just wear it around town. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, I you're right. I thought it was like a weighted blanket. I'm like, you, you, know, you know, like, weighted blankets are for anxiety. Yeah. And, you know, like... Well, how better to ease your anxiety than to be covered in $100,000? I'm just saying, I wouldn't mind sleeping under a blanket of cash. Right? <laughs> I mean, it gross, but, you know, especially if it's like the Everglade cash, I got to be less, uh, more selective in my cash. Like, I don't want the one that's been in the swamp swimming next to alligators. Sorry. I'll take the one that was sitting in the dish towel drawer. No problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, does, drawer. She know, does she know where all her money is? Probably not. When you lose track of your stash in all these different places. I mean, I get excited when I move into a new season and I take out a jacket that, you know, I use maybe 20 last bucks. And there's 20 bucks in there. I'm like, oh my God, yes. I'm rich. <laughs> Or even a five. I'm like, yes. <laughs> exactly. Like when we go to Starbucks, awesome. I'm going to buy myself something with this. Yeah. So quick side note. Did you guys hear, you You might not have heard this, but you know that huge mega church in Houston? It's uh, Lakewood. 
Mm -hmm. They found a ton of cash in the wall when they were remodeling recently. And it was, yeah, I forget how much it was. It's several, I think it was over (gasps) $100,000, but it was like somebody, it had been stolen and like it it wasn't like advertised that it was stolen because it it was like internally somebody had taken money or whatever. Maybe I'm, don't quote me on the number, but anyways, they were remodeling and then one of the workers like put a hole in the wall and then like there was a bunch of cash in there. Like, what? Isn't that crazy? Oh, there you go. Oh so maybe go. she's stashing it in the walls. Who knows? Check the walls before I leave. My husband might right? hide just... stuff. <laughs> just randomly poke holes in the wall. Be like, yeah. oh, you have a contractor come in, right? Like, you're going to fix that. Yeah, just smash holes in the wall. Make sure there's nothing in there. Back to the thing about her not wanting to move. And I think this is like a good segue into the whole, like, Dateline thing. Because, again, that character of Dateline, you know, they're here. So again, so she's in Florida. She wants to, she's feeling pressure. She feels the heat. She wants to move. But now in Troy, you have Keith Morrison breathing down your neck, narrating your life right now, doing more episodes on Dateline. And yet she still is holding out. That's the part that I forgot with this whole like Mark and Travis feeling the pressure too. But she's also got Dateline like on her heels. So like if Dateline is following her in Troy, like if she say moves to, I don't know, California, poor Californians having to deal with her. Would she feel that that Dateline following her would just open up worse questions and that it's just better to stay? I just feel like it would be better to move, but I don't know why she thinks staying. Like, it's not going to make the Dateline thing go away at all. This is the first time I get the feeling that she's dealing with wider attention. She's never Mm -hmm. had a national news outlet looking into her before. So maybe she just doesn't know what to do and it's like, well, I'll just stay where I am. Let's talk about how scary it is that she's like, we're going to face these obstacles face on. I'm like, oh, jeez. Watch your back, people. She's coming for you. I love the fact that Kathy Singer is just dogging her. Just calling her, texting her. And being so polite on the phone. And (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, they got to, you know, catch some flies with, what is it, catch flies with honey? Honey, yeah. Mm Um, not vinegar <laughs> right not vinegar is the kathy singer presence the dateline presence even at the trial is this what's making pam act crazier i do yeah possibly because uh and going back to the dog collar thing you heard them say something like oh that's pamela hub from dateline so they're yeah. really i think emphasizing the fact that Oh, and when they said, I think they said something to Joel about, oh, are you doing another Dateline or something like that? Like they're emphasizing that Dateline's kind of been all over her. Can we talk about this forensic analysis that's being done by Dateline on the balcony, on Shirley's balcony? I mean, it didn't seem too hard to figure out, (laughs) you know? My question is, why is Dateline figuring this out and not the police? That's the thing. That's sort of the theme here is that it's like pretty obvious to everyone else. (laughs) And yet the police and the detectives and the district attorney are just like, oh, that seems logical. Sure. Yeah, it was raining. So, of course, she'd be watering her plants on the balcony and three railings would come down with her. Yeah. If she just toppled over the top. Well, in so many threads in this episode, because we got more information about her mom. And then there was Mm -hmm. that um, scene with Tina and the evidence order. Tina is also MVP again. Can we just say like a silent little prayer of thanks for all the public civil servants out there like Tina who have a conscience and a brain and use the two of them together to not destroy evidence against Russell Faria. And then we've got the, um, what was his name? Wood, the guy. Oh, Mike Wood. Yeah. Mike Wood running against Leah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so there's there's lots of threads coming in this coming together in this episode. 
So Mike Woods' whole campaign platform is just that Leah didn't do her job and Pam is basically guilty. Yeah. And Leah has to spell this out for Pam. I love how bugged Leah is by Pam. She's like, <laughs> ew. <laughs> Judy Greer, just... her facial expressions I love are her. breathing life into these scenes. Because <laughs> Pam has been over the top. And I think progressively each episode, like her behavior is getting a little more erratic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode in particular, like waving at the girls in the courtroom, the whole shoe drive with Leah, like her running after Leah in the parking lot. There's a lot of erratic behavior that we're seeing. And we said it earlier in the episode, like the coming off the rails yeah. uh, in her terms of her behavior. Like the fact that Leah's body language and just her internal hatred of Pam is just outwardly manifesting itself, I think is giving Pam again this push into crazy land. Where if Leah wasn't spelling things out for her, Pam would just be like still thinking that she can send letters anonymously to her dead friend's daughters, gloating essentially that, you know, she got all their money. But Leah really spells things out in a way that I don't think Pam has considered. She has to at this point because Pam won't leave her alone. It's like, look, lady, you gotta stop. You are the reason that this is happening, you know, or whatever. So it's like Leah has to get her to go away, basically. By just saying, like, you're not yeah, helping. Please leave. Yeah, she's become a liability to Leah, but Leah also mm-hmm. knows she's kind of a loose cannon, so she has to <laughs> tread carefully, especially when Pam was doing that, like, oh, Pam Hub, vote for Leah. Vote like, for Leah knows that's terrible, but she can't tell her to stop doing it. Yeah, because right. then she's going to act crazier. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. That so, made me laugh so much when she was like, Leah, Leah. Like running through yeah. the parking lot. I was like, oh my God. Wow, you're doing a really good Renee Zellweger uh, a la Pam Hupp. <laughs> it's getting a little scary here, guys. So we were talking about how the Dateline sort of engineers or detectives or whoever was looking into Betsy's mother's mysterious fall from a balcony. Let's say untimely she, demise. Yes, <laughs> I was. I mean, when she, when they said 14 times the Ambien, I was like, What? That's yeah. insane. That's a lot of Ambien. That's yeah, that is not Have you ever taken an Ambien? Like, I'm like dead at half an Ambien. Like, yeah. I cannot function the next day. I took one on an airplane in 2005, and I think I still feel like I'm <laughs> You're still tired from it. <laughs> I'm still tired. That's true, though. Like, you cannot... Like, Ambien is no joke. And then 14 times. But how did nobody think that that was a crime? That's not exactly. accidental. Yeah, if you're going to go so far as to check her blood toxicology in what you think is an accidental death, and then so you're like, okay, we're going to check the blood toxicology and then have it come back 14 times the regular amount of Ambien, that doesn't set off any flags. Is this Leah Askey again? Like, just ignoring the obvious? Is this, what is the point in not addressing that? They probably saw in the toxicology reports, Colleen mentioned, that because of the type of death, I'm sure that they they had to do an autopsy, which would involve toxicology, because the assisted care facility doesn't want to be liable, right? So they're going to say, no, 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 we need to do a full investigation, you know, because we need to be exonerated here. They probably saw the alcohol in her system, right? Because she'd been out with Pam earlier. 
And she'd had gin in her system. And then she had another gin back in her room and then took Ambien. So if somebody wanted to be a little, you know, shady, slide things under the rug, you could say, well, she had gin in her system and maybe she took some Ambien, thought she didn't take it, took some more because she's an old lady. You know, I think there's a lot of things. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that could be swept under the rug or at least explained away. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Explained away. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but again, it's like if you put all these things in a line, and the, we can talk about that receptionist. Kathy yeah. Singer talks to the receptionist. What was your take on that stuff? Well, seeing as she's saying, like, hey, this is what happened. She said she died that night, and Pam came and told you not to check on her. Don't you think that's weird? Like, no, she's just such a nice lady. She changed like, her mind. Yes. And we didn't hear why. No. I think because of seeing her name on the media. Like, wouldn't you think, yeah. like, oh. She's rethinking the interactions, like Minnie. I think Minnie's rethinking a lot of things right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually know someone that this kind of happened to, and it, it is like I knew him, and he was accused of a crime, and he says he was innocent. He went to prison. But as an outsider who I don't know him that well, it does make you question. Like, if you see his name in the news and he's on trial and you're thinking, like, well, man, I don't know. But just the receptionist not really having any proof that she's not a nice lady. All I'm saying is that the media does have an effect on that. And, like, seeing someone's name in trial, it does sort of make you question. Even if you know them or you know of them, it does start to shift your thinking. But maybe, right. Yeah. Can we circle back to Minnie for a second? Because there's a couple of things that happen with Minnie that I'm I just... think there's a lot happening with Minnie. <laughs> so I got to give her credit. Minnie deserves a lot of credit. She, she comes across to me as a very mild mannered lady that she's not going to ruffle feathers. She's kind of like the person, like that friendly she's neighbor. kind of like Betsy. <laughs> yeah. Like you're always going to have a, a get along session with her. She's going to be mm-hmm. fine. Well, and I think she's the sort of person who thinks because she's a nice person who wouldn't do anything to anybody, everybody else is the same way. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's like, I think that's where I was trying to go with like, she's like that kind of a nice person, but I got to give her credit. She stood up to Pam. Granted, she needed backup in yeah. the Zumba but- class, but I also think Colleen, you're touching on something too. I think that she's an innocent in that way that she yeah. didn't think there would be any blowback after that. Yeah. And then that last scene... Oof. God. That okay, is so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna say for Saturday and Sunday, we're recording this on Tuesday. I was in my bed all day long. <laughs> I was like dead to the world on Saturday. I think I slept like eight hours during the day. I was so sick. And you're very delirious and yeah, I had a fever and I didn't know what like I, I woke up I was like it's dark what's happening um like what day is it where am I yeah so it's very disorienting and then to have someone that you're not expecting to be standing over you Ooh, that is terrifying flipping terrifying yes so again the crazy eyes were back Pam's crazy eyes were there <laughs> the crazy yeah. eyes. and you know I gotta give homage to Orange is the New Black for crazy eyes but this whole scene it just had me scrambling in the back of my brain I'm like I don't know what happens in the podcast here. Like, I don't I don't remember any hearing anything about Minnie. So mm-hmm. it just, it's making me nervous that because Pam is being backed into this corner, this is like the, almost the last scene in the whole episode, that she's being backed into this corner by Leah, by Dateline, by Mark even to, to a certain extent, because he keeps challenging her, trying to get her on like the logical path, but questioning her motives that she's going to do something crazy. Yeah. 
Like mm-hmm. th- this is a big setup for I think the last episode. Like the fact that yeah. like this, Definitely. and then the and then the final scene, right, with her firing a gun in the dark. Did it cross your mind that she's poisoning Minnie or something? Because hasn't it felt yes. like Minnie's been sick for a long time? Yeah, she's always the like cough. <laughs> she's like me. Yeah. <laughs> I did think. Okay, Pam is doing something to Minnie. Yeah, I don't know, giving her poison lozenges or something. I don't know. Oh, and that lozenge was nasty. <laughs> so gross. Gosh. And then she's like coughing and she can't seem to feel better. And then there's Pam like helping her feel like, here, I'm here to help. But like, I just felt so terrified for Minnie yep. in that scene that she can't answer honestly. Like, please get out of my house because I would be terrified of what Pam would do. So it's like literally felt like a hostage situation. Didn't it felt that tense to me that I was like, like, don't tell her you want her to help or I'll miss you or like, it's like, I have to say what I think you want me to say in this situation. Well, and I think she's realizing that she's probably super vulnerable even outside of that moment, because I'm sure like Pam has a key to her house because they've been neighbors and friends for years. And she's probably thinking like, oh, my gosh, how much of my life does Pam know? Yes. And it's got to be scary. So there's a couple of things that set up for episode six, which is, I don't want to give away the title. I know the title and I don't want to say it. So I'm not going to say it because it's too spoilery. Okay. But there's a couple of things that Pam is doing this episode that is a really good setup for episode six. The stuff with Minnie, the firing Uh the gun in the dark, the realtor. We didn't even touch on the realtor, right? So the the business that fell through. So much happened this episode. Yeah. um, Yeah. But the fact that she was leaning over the desk and that is a very domineering a very intimidating you know way to hold yourself and carry yourself the letter these bombastic things that she's doing that are so out there and so attention grabbing it's such a good setup because now she's she's done like all that she can do and now the chips are going to fall where they may and it's just strap in because episode six (laughs) is going to be just bananas Bananas. Bananas. You're going to have 60 minutes of just... But, I mean, the way that the episode ended is the way that the episode started for me in terms of the music, the anxiety building, the tension building. I just want to give credit to to the screenwriters, to the producers, because this is doing what it's supposed to do. This is a thriller. Yeah. And even though I know what happens next, (laughs) I still like... But I don't know the whole story, so I just want to know. And I want to hear Steph's reaction so bad. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so we're here for one more episode, and we're going to wait. We're going to kill yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just, like, already, I'm like, oh, my gosh, so much has happened, and we only have one hour left. How I are they going to wrap it all up? I wouldn't it's be surprised be if it's an extended episode, just to be honest. Yeah. That'd be good. But be back here with us next week, because we will be diving back into the thing about Pam one last time. Thanks for listening. This is Steph. This is Sheila. This is Colleen. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Aww.